You're listening to Contains Moderate Peril, an independent podcast about gaming, movies, and popular culture. Written and presented by Roger Edwards. Hello and welcome to the Contains Moderate Peril podcast, episode number 184. I'm Roger, and as ever, I'm joined by my co-host, Brian. Hello, everybody. Today, we will be talking about a perennial favourite subject of ours, the MMORPG, The Lord of the Rings Online. We've decided to talk about it for two reasons. Brian, you've recently returned to the game after quite a substantial amount of time. And then also stepping back from our own personal experiences, the game itself is going to be having its 15th year anniversary this Easter, I believe. So that's a bit of a substantial milestone, isn't it? A lot of MMOs do not get anywhere near 15 years. So we thought perfectly good opportunity presents itself to talk about Lotro. It works for me. Okay, so without further ado, let's push on with the Contains Moderate Peril podcast. Right, for for listeners who who might be a, a bit behind on our MMO playing activities, it was late 2018, Brian, um, that Standing Stone Games launched their legendary Lotro servers, which basically had just the, the, first, the first iteration of the Lord of the Rings online. It had the Shadows of Angmar content and nothing else. And both you and I jumped on that, had a go, thought, well, this is fun. And then we thought, but what is this server offering us that is different or more beneficial than us rolling on the regular live server. So we then decided to start with new characters and roll new characters from scratch just on Laurelin server, which is the server that I've been playing on for quite a while. And you decided to come over and um, join myself and join my kinship. That then took us up to sort of spring 2019. And I think that's when you sort of due to a multitude of reasons, drifted away. Yes. What, what I remember about that time is that there was a lot of hype over these legendary servers. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I had bought into the hype, as many players did. And I remember that we both rolled on it, and we were just playing and doing our thing. And it wasn't but a few days later, we had a discussion, and we were like, so if we go through all this progression and they keep unlocking the content and then we're going to end up at max level, then what? <laughs> like, what do we do with these characters that are on this server that can't interact with anybody else? You know what I mean? Indeed. And I think that's when it hit us both. Wow, why waste our time on this when we could just roll on a regular server you know, go through it in a measured fashion. And I believe we both rolled Guardians. I still have it, actually. Indeed, we did. Yes. Because I've got it up to round about the level of Mordor. Really? Yes, I think I've hit about 110 or something like that. 
I put a lot of time into that because it was such a different sort of class. I've never really played those sort of classes before and found it was great fun. I would have to go look, but I think mine's still in, like, Gondaman. I think that's about as far as I got before I faded away. I did not delete it. I mean, this was 2019. It was before the pandemic. For a myriad of reasons, I'm sure, you just obviously took a break from Lotro and then, for reasons, have stayed away since. So, effectively, three years. Yes, long time. Mm. And I, I have quit World of Warcraft. I think we talked about that. Um, a lot of it is because of the company that I'm no longer supporting, although they just got uh, bought out by Microsoft, it looked like. So that will be interesting. Um, still don't plan on playing their products ever. And you and I were chit-chatting, and I was just like, hey, maybe I'll poke my nose into Lotro and see what's going on there. So I downloaded it last week and hopped into it. And my main, my main, main character that I've always played for the entire time I've been in Lotro was level 105. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the current level cap? I think it's 140. It is indeed 140. So I'm pretty far behind, and I was in, uh, I don't even know where I was with that. And then I logged on to your server after I found it, and I had a couple characters uh, in your kin, and one of them, my hunter, which is the one I like playing, was in Moria, which is a terrible place to return to the game, by the way. (laughs) It was horrible. And I just couldn't... I I was struggling to figure things out. It made me, it it got rid of all of my trees, you know what I mean? My traits, virtue traits were gone. Everything was was reset. And I just thought, gosh, this is a, like, it's a lot to remember. And I wasn't getting it. And I, I was able to finally run around and shoot some things and, I did a couple quests, but I was just really struggling to even move around in the world. So I ended up re-rolling. I, cr- I decided, you and I talked, and the idea was I would create a new character and play it for a while, because when you create a new character, it it, it simplifies it. And... You were saying, hey, maybe get up to level 15, somewhere in there, and then you could switch back over to your current character that you want to play, because then you'll you'll get it. And you were right. I, I get it now. Like, doing that and just kind of following along with the tutorial and, you know, getting into those first couple zones, it it really all came back to me pretty good. And I liked it so much that that is now my main character. I am not switching. And as of this morning, I just hit level 40. So I'm doing pretty good. So they'll be handing out to your hunter soon a legendary weapon, a new one. So I'm kind of in a hurry to get there, actually. I briefly flirted with legendary weapons on my other character on your server, 
And I only had three something gold on that character, which is embarrassing, but I, I never played it much. And I remember telling you, I'm like, I just use like two, almost three gold just to turn on these two legendary weapons that I got. <laughs> like, I couldn't find it. I, I, I heard it was in Rivendell. I could not figure out where that room was to do the legendary weapons. And I even searched for it, like Google searched. And it just took me forever to find that stupid room. It was just insane. There is nothing in the game that explains a lot of this stuff to you. There really isn't. Indeed. That has been a massive frustration since the level one, is it just doesn't really explain a lot of the things to you. And yes, I've been through all of this before, but it has been years. So that's been a struggle. Anyway, you were very kind. Thank you so much. You sent me some, some gold in-game. And then I ended up rolling this new character and transferring all the gold to it. And I have decided to take this new character to hopefully level cap and beyond. Um, I did buy all of the expansions that I could in the Lotro store. I have, by the way, so many Lotro points. <laughs> <laughs> because every month they were giving me 500 more. And they just... For what, three years, something like that. It's crazy how many Lotro points I have. So I was uh, buying the two expansions I could buy in the store. There, I still can't buy the current one, but I'm not. It's going to take me forever to get to 130. I think is where it starts. So um, I'm doing that. I will say it's very expensive to get a new character up to speed with a lot of the the niceties in the Lotro store, like reducing the cooldowns and those kind of things. Yes, yes indeed. Um, it, it gets kind of costly, to be honest with you. A lot of the stuff is count-bound, but even more of it is just character only, and that's where they get you. So I have spent a significant amount of Lotro points just kind of getting this new character to where my existing ones are as far as all of the things that they have. Uh, and I still have a ways to go. But I have to say, I've, I have spent a ton on shared storage mm -hmm. over the years. That has been the best thing I've ever done. Shared storage is a lifesaver. And I had bought a premium house about, whenever they came out, probably five plus years ago, right? Did not know this. Apparently, when you buy a premium house, you have a premium house on every server you roll on. Because I have one on your server that's just sitting there empty. That's a useful asset to have. It's um, a, a great opportunity to do swift travel. The cooldown yep. to your premium house is something like five minutes. So you can always do an emergency sort of travel from where you are to your premium house. And then if you're smart as far as where you buy your house on the actual land plots available, you can be quite close to all the vendors and the stable masters, etc. So you can literally go from where you are to your house, walk out of your house, walk to the stable master, and then get quickly back to somewhere else. It, it, it is an invaluable asset, although obviously it has that cost. I did find out you you still cannot transfer a character from a U.S. server to an EU server, even though I believe they're all in the same data center now. 
but there are anomalies between the different databases. Correct. Which, I mean, it's fine. I, I'm kind of having fun with this. I think if I was on my character that I have spent so many hundred hours on, um, I would still be lost in the, in a similar way. I would just have a lot more things done, completed. Like, I had every reputation in the game maxed out on that character, that kind of stuff. That's that's the reason I never switched to your server a bunch of years ago, is there's been so much effort put into that U.S. server character. But since I've stepped away for so long, now that I'm back, it would just I thought it was a good opportunity just to re-roll and do it all again. Well, the game has been overhauled, streamlined. Different zones have been upgraded and had the leveling curve altered on them. The situation is now that if you want to reach level cap quite quickly, you can take a fast path. If you want to stop and smell the roses and take your time about it and be a completionist, you've got the option to do that. I mean, you will earn so much XP, you'll end up doing quests that are your multiple levels above, but at least you can take the option to be a completionist and do, say, for example, every single quest in Evendim, if that's what you wish to do, or if you just want to breeze through Evendim and get straight on the track to level 140, you can do so. There are certain advantages to that because if there's content still to be done in a zone that you've out-leveled, it's very good for returning to it at a later date and doing your virtue deeds because there's nothing better than killing 200 wargs if it's in a zone where they're level 30 wargs and you're 140. Yeah, and then nothing aggro's on you and you can just run yep. around and one-shot everything. I... I... So at level 20 is when skirmishes turn on. Yes. I, I For some reason, I thought it was level 15, and I was all excited to be 15, that I was like, ah, oh, crud. But level 20 seems to also be the level where you get these new missions. And I found this mission system. I just stumbled into this out in the world somewhere in some city. Uh, you know, there, there was an extra stable master. And so I wrote it to this building full of dwarves and, and there's a table up there. And so I, I just, I didn't even know that existed. I started doing it and it turns out that that's how I'm leveling. I got two levels this morning, just doing all of the daily missions. So that's a somewhat fast path. Um, since 20, I, like I've just blown through those levels and haven't really quested at all. But I've seen all of that part of the game. Think about missions is that they, as you say, they can be very beneficial for leveling. They give out very generous XP. However, most of the rewards that you get are specific barter cut tokens. And I don't think it quite has the flexibility of the skirmish system. You, you can use the barter system for missions to get gear uh, because obviously missions scale to your level but what what i find about missions is they to me they seem like a sort of watered down version of skirmishes skirmishes you could do solo or up to groups of six 
you had your little skirmish soldier, which I thought was a neat little system where you, if you needed DPS, you could have a DPS style skirmish soldier. If you, if you were a sort of class that was a bit squishy and needed healing, you could have a skirmish soldier that would heal you. There was a great deal of flexibility in that. And also it was fun sometimes to do the skirmishes in a larger group, because obviously the larger the group, sometimes better the rewards that would drop. And again, it's just a a system. They haven't added any skirmishes into the game since Helm's Deep. Really? Yes, I believe so. I think that's what I read the other day. And skirmishes now, they don't have the in-house expertise at Standing Stone Games to actually write new ones. I don't think they have the the in-game expertise anymore. So it's one of those systems, it's fallen by the wayside and it's highly unlikely they're going to get someone in just to write new skirmishes because they hinted at that the coding is impenetrable or the notes for the code is impenetrable. Hmm. But missions are a bit of a sort of intermediate step from skirmishes and they and they and, and they certainly do offer you an opportunity to get straight into the game and get straight into the action and i think that's a good selling point also the fact that they are scaling it's the scaling part that i like when i unlock skirmishes i was super excited because i have spent a lot of time in skirmishes in this game and Thankfully, it's how I'm getting my weapons right now until I hit the legendary thing. So every few levels I can spend, uh, it's not very many um, skirmish tokens or whatever they are, medallions, I think they're called, and get like a nice bow for, for my hunter. But I don't want to level that little soldier up and do all of those things, really. <laughs> so when I found missions... I was like, oh, this is like, it's shorter. It's, you know, they're, they're kind of repetitive, but you can just kind of go through them pretty quick. The only issue I'm having, I love the XP I get from them, especially from killing things, and it's, it's a place where I'm alone, so nobody's bothering me, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, but, you know, I just hit level 40, and the issue is I'm earning all of these tokens, but I can't spend them right now because yeah. like I just unlocked the rep on one of the Dwarven ones to be able to start buying things, except it was a minimum level of 130 required. Right. I'm level, I was level 39 at the time. And I'm just like, well, this is stupid. And there's a cap on these tokens, by the way. Yes, I find that frustrating. So I, it appears I will hit the cap on the tokens before I hit level cap, far before actually, and I'm going to end up being wasting tokens. Uh, a couple of the factions, you can buy lower level gear. I'm just loath to spend the tokens on lower level stuff, knowing how fast I'm leveling, if that makes sense. Yes. And I think it's like 80 tokens for each thing, and 80 tokens takes a few days to get. Like, you, they don't hand out these tokens generously. Like, you might get two of them or three of them for finishing a mission. So it, it, it takes a while for it to add up. And 
I don't know that it's balanced really well, but I have to say it's kind of the main content that I'm doing right now for whatever that's worth. I like the missions right now, but I think they're going to get repetitive pretty quick. Your your main character that you're taking now forward, that's a hunter, isn't it? Yes. And that you said you hit level 40? Yes. So you've got Moria ahead of you if you see fit to go through Moria, or if you wish, you could probably gain 10 levels just through doing missions and, and other things in-game, and you can bypass Moria. Uh, do you find it frustrating, the fact that you know that you've got some content to get through that you're quite familiar with, or will you, do, do you think, no, I'm not going to let that sort of spoil my fun, and you, are you focusing more on sort of what's beyond that because by my estimation you've still got the you've still got the mordor expansion to do you've then got all the content that's set in northern mirkwood dale erebor the gray mountains the wells of langflood all that sort of area there. You've got some very good content ahead of you, but you've still got to pass through some material that you're probably quite familiar with. Is it, it, does that bother you? doesn't bother me because I think I'm essentially bypassing it with the missions. Right. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick and choose. Right now, I, I don't think I... Because I was in uh, Moria when I logged on to that other character, and I was just so confused... I thought, uh, I think it'll just be best to get out the other side of it. So that's kind of my goal right now. My goal right now is to get a legendary weapon and start to figure out that system. That'll come in 10 levels, I believe. Um, until then, I think I can go into Misty Mountains right now, and I kind of like that zone. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why, I just kind of do. So maybe I'll run up there and do some stuff. I'm really looking forward to getting into, like, Siege of Mirkwood in later because I definitely did not spend as much time in the game at that point and after. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it's going to feel newer to me than the content that I'm doing right now. Like right now I'm in Rivendell because I got a pristine boar tusk that started a quest and I had to had to go there, and I'm going to do some stuff in there that, I, like I said, I'll probably hop up to Misty Mountains. and lot to do. But, okay, I, I do want to say this. I am loving being back in this game right now because we've talked about this before. One of the things that is massively apparent to me as I am running around Middle Earth in this game is the amount of love they put into this. Yes. It is... So much fun to see all of these things that, he, that they did, these nods, the, the, the care that they took, the gra graphics. I've never thought the graphics are super great, but they've held up, right? And mm -hmm. they're, they're just, it definitely feels like you're in Middle Earth, whatever that, that means. And I also have to say, as I'm running around some of these zones, this game is huge. The, the landmass, the area, compared to other MMOs, it's actually quite big. I just came from Final Fantasy XIV, and the zones are, I feel like they're much smaller. Uh, World of Warcraft, 
I think maybe each individual zone feels like they're smaller. I mean, it's it takes me a long time to get around in Lord of the Rings Online compared to getting around in some of these other games, and I like that. It just it feels like you're in this giant world. Um, and and man, the 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 TLC that they put into it, especially at the beginning, it just makes me smile every time I'm in the game. It does lend itself to exploration and traveling very well because lots of the zones you can transition from one to the other seamlessly you don't always get a loading screen so say for example i logged in the other day and i had about an hour and i thought what do i want to do and i just decided rather than get embroiled in something i would just literally take my primary character get on the mount i was in brie and I just rode out of Bree, all the way to the Lone Lands, through the Lone Lands, across the Last Bridge, through the Troll Shores, up to Rivendell, out through the uh, other side of Rivendell into the Misty Mountains. And now you can go over the Misty Mountains and oh, you come through to the Vales of the Anduin. Oh, okay. So that includes where the Bjornings live. You've got the mountain area where the, the, the eagle lords live. You can go down all the way to the Gladden Fields where the ring was lost. It's, it's such a nice journey. You know, I've went from Bree across one, two, three, four, five, six zones. And I think you get one loading screen during that journey. That's pretty yeah. impressive, isn't it? You, you, and, and that creates that sense that you're in a, a, a living world yes there's always content and quest givers but there's also lots of just little points of interest that are put into the game out of pure love by the developers when you're riding through to the troll shore and you're coming up to the fords of brennan to go up to rivendell on the side next to the road is the remnants of a bonfire that Glorfindel and Aragorn started and drove the Black Riders into the river, which then got the Black Riders swept away. It's the fact that they've bothered to actually do that. Yeah, that's always been my favorite part of the game is all those little... I used to call them vignettes, remember that? Yeah. Yes. And round Weathertop, you can find an abandoned camp from the Hobbits and Strider on their journey to Rivendell. And it's just filled with that sort of attention to detail and it is it is nice to go exploring and to sort of enjoy the ambient nature of the of the of the world and the other asset is there's about six or possibly even seven composers now that have had a hand in creating music for the lord of the rings online and no matter where you are in the game the ambient soundtrack is of an exceptionally high standard Yes. You know, I just realized that in Northwest Bree is this new zone you told me about. Yes. I don't, I don't even know the name of it. It's, I, I came across it as I was doing quests in that area, but I didn't go into it because I think it starts at level 40. That's correct, yes. And I'm level 40, so maybe that's what I'm doing today. I, I might be going to check out this new zone. I am having a blast because I remember a lot of the the old game 
uh, just because I've spent so many hours in it. So it kind of comes back to me. Oh, yeah, okay, troll shawls. I remember this, 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 and this. But I am just riding around, like you said, pure exploring and having a blast. It is so much fun because they have added these little chunks here and there, I've noticed. And I'll just go into an area like, wait a second, this wasn't here before. What is this? And then I'll just kind of figure it out on my own. And um, I, I feel like I have, as big as the game feels right now, I probably have, what, three or four times that amount ahead of me? Mm -hmm. Easily, I think. Um, the farthest I've ever played, I, I never hit Mordor. I, I was, there was a little camp outside of the gates of Mordor where they had to do a bunch of quests, and I think you picked flowers as you were getting there. That, that's essentially all I remember my farthest along character doing. So, and that's where I stopped. So I'm I'm not looking forward to War Steeds, and I think you said I could skip that. Hopefully, <laughs> yes. Um, so this is where Standing Stone Games actually have done some things right. I think it's a good idea to add content to the game that isn't level cap. Adding new content content at intermediate levels. Um, I think they realise that there's lots of people that never ever get to maximum level cap, people play through an alt, enjoy it, but then maybe decide it's not for them. So then they try a different class and roll a new alt. And I think having content that isn't necessarily at the end of the game, but in the middle or two thirds or whatever, it's a very, very good idea. The other thing that I think that Standing Stand Games made the right decision is they realized that the mounted combat system and the epic battle system that was all introduced during the two Rohan expansions wasn't necessarily as well received as it could be. So they've decided now that as you take a character through the Helm's Deep expansion, if you, it used to be that the epic story hit a point where you then had to play each one of the epic battles, and there was about three or four of them. Oh, and, God, I remember that. And, and you know, they take 30 minutes ago. And epic battles are not particularly fun when you start playing them. You, you, you find that all the mobs just come steaming in and they head for the ally NPCs and they don't pay any attention to you because you're not a significant threat to them. What you need to do with epic battles is play quite a lot of them earn the various points that you then put into the epic battle skills and then when you've got more of these skills then all of a sudden you can now start tangibly doing things to the enemy that then make them focus more on you anyway so standing stand games just took the attitude yeah not everyone's going to enjoy having to endure these epic battles and they've written now a separate story quest so you get a choice you can either go through the epic story and do the epic battles or if you don't want to do them, you can just do a story-related quest that, that plugs the narrative gaps and brings you out on the other side, and then that's it. You don't have to do the epic battles. And I, I think that that was actually pretty decent of them. That actually sounds like something I will be taking advantage of because I did a lot of epic battles, but I wasn't enthralled at all by that system. And I don't think they've added any since that, have they? They... They persisted with it. They added some epic battles in Gondor. Oh, okay. They had another go at it. That it's 
still didn't work as well as they liked because of the reasons that I gave. Also because, like most things in Lotro, they're a lot more enjoyable when you do them in a group. You try now finding a group at intermediate levels. You can't. So you're destined to do these epic battles pretty much on your own, and they're just not as much fun. So yeah, you st when you get to Gondor, you'll probably have to do the new ones, but there's not as many. Yeah, try to find stuff in the auction house right now. Ah. Okay, because I ran into that and didn't even tell you about it. So as I started leveling... And I was going along, and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm a hunter. My bow is the most important thing as for, for my character power, right? Just the most important single item. I'm going to go to the auction house and buy a new bow. And so I get to the auction house. I don't think there were any bows below level, it was like 100 or something, <laughs> in the entire auction house. It was so... And Wilron's not around to make me bows anymore. <laughs> I miss him. Yeah. Yeah, there's always someone in the kin who's the crafter who happily crafts for other kin members and will um, happily do low-level, intermediate, high-end gear, make whatever you need, depending on your needs. And when that person's not about... Yep. So I was poking around the auction house, and I just thought, gosh, this has turned into a big joke as far as I can tell. And I was going to sell some things and stuff. And I thought, I don't even know if anybody's going to buy stuff. Like, the stuff I was going to sell was whatever. So I'm just vendoring everything. I, I have not posted a thing on the auction house. I have not bought a thing from the auction house. And I'm just vendoring off every single get that I don't want. There are quite a lot of different ways of getting gear in the game now. And people don't seem to be crafting so prodigiously. They mainly craft for themselves, possibly for people in their kin. There's not a lot of things getting manufactured, getting produced that, you know, people have crafted and said, oh, I don't like the stat on that. I'll vendor it. That just doesn't seem to happen anymore. The stuff that drops as you level can be variable in quality. There are a couple of sets as you're leveling that are very, very good. There's um, a class set that you can pick up from Rivendell when you, when you reach Rivendell at the appropriate level, and that's a set of gear that will keep you going for at least 10 levels. And there's a very good set in Angmar as well that, uh, that can do that. But um, a lot of people in the past relied heavily on the skirmish gear that can provide gear from level 20 to 105. Mm-hmm. But that's dependent on you having lots of skirmish marks. Now, if you've got loads of alts and you've done lots of skirmishes, you will have lots of skirmish marks. So you can literally just blow a ton of these marks and literally re-equip yourself every 10 levels while you are moving forward through the game. But in your situation, Brian, because I don't know if stuff like that transitioned to your your EU character, probably not. It probably means that you haven't got as many marks and stuff as you would like, and it, you might not be able to sort of keep yourself in skirmish gear without putting skirmishes into your daily playing rotor, as it were. Apparently, on the EU server, I did a substantial number of skirmishes because I have 20,000 skirmish marks. Oh, well, that's not so bad. That's not, not nearly what I have on the US server. But 
I'm only spending like five, six, seven skirmish marks per piece of gear right now. So it's not bad. That has been a lifesaver. I have to say that many years ago, after much deliberation, I purchased a lifetime subscription to this game. And I have to say, and I, I remember thinking, man, if this game goes on for three more, I forget how many months, I will break even. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I wasn't sure about it, and nobody knew, and it was a lot of money for me at the time. And I'm just like, you know, well, it'll pay off if I keep playing for this amount of time. And 10 years later, <laughs> I am still getting my monthly stipend. Everything's unlocked except the expansions. You know what I mean? Like, it, the, the lifetime subscription gamble that I took has paid off so much over these past 10 years. It's not even funny. So that has been nice because I have to say, if I was running into limitations like the wallet, and some of those things, as I'm re-rolling and playing this right now, I would probably have quit already. But because I haven't run into any of that stuff, it's just been pretty smooth. The only content in the game I cannot do is the current expansion. <laughs> Everything else I, I have apparently unlocked. I also cannot play the Brawler. Is that the new class? Yeah, because I think that's locked behind the expansion as well. You have to buy it to un yeah. unlock it. Yeah, it was like a thousand store points or something. They usually follow a, a very strict formula. An expansion comes out, you have to buy it with real money. If you want to buy it with Lotro points, you've got to wait something like three or six months, something like that. But eventually, as content becomes older, they do give you alternative means. But they do need to look into sort of possibly looking at their systems and see if they can simplify them i mean they've done that recently for example you've got a skills tree you can do several builds and then if you want to do any more builds you have to pay to unlock the slots and they've recently announced that they're going to do away with that system of um pay gating additional slots you will get a certain amount unlocked by default, and then you get some others unlocked through leveling, as it were, which I think is a lot more equitable. But they've got so many systems like this in the game. It can be very, very, very confusing for a new player. Yeah, the, there was two big sources, well, three really, when I came back. One was just traveling from place to place. Mm -hmm. The legendary item system was confusing, I'm going to face that in 10 levels, and hopefully I'll figure it out. Um, but he, this might surprise you. The, one, the other system that frustrated the heck out of me the most, Virtue Traits. Yes. I couldn't find them. I could not find the window to open <laughs> the Virtue Traits in the damn game for, like, hours. It was frustrating. And then I'm looking at it, and I had three unlocked. I couldn't figure out how to unlock more. Had no idea how to do it. 
does not, I, it might explain. There might be a little question mark somewhere that I, if I click, it probably would have told me. I didn't see it. Figured it out on my own. I like the new system, by the way. I think that's a cool way because I've only got five unlocked. It's the one I'm going to be using the whole game, right? Yes. So, so I'm not having to go out and do some stupid deed in the Shire just to unlock something and then figure out which deeds I have to do along the way. It's it's a great system. Whatever deeds I do count for something. I, I, I think that's a wonderful system. Yes. yes but indeed. it was so frustrating trying to find it and figure it out. I knew it was there. And just couldn't get to it for whatever reason. Yeah, they're exceedingly bad at explaining their own game. They re rely far too much on the Lotro community putting out explanation videos and guides. I, I find it very, very infuriating. The, the thing about the new legendary item system is, though, it's complicated for a person at level level cap who has an old weapon and they want to do a new weapon and they want to you know create something that is like for like that is complex it's going to be easier for you to start from scratch because you will be starting at the correct entry point at the system that's what i'm hoping uh, yeah They've they've simplified it. You 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 will get a legendary weapon. You then add traceries to it, and you just you research what traceries you wish according to what stats you want boosted in accordance to how you do things. It has lost some of its nuance. It now makes it a lot more like Elder Scrolls insofar as. If you have no interest in figuring something out for yourself because you just don't like micromanagement of systems, it now lends itself to you go and find yourself a standard build. So if you just want to be a red line DPS hunter and you just want to pew pew and kill everything just by burning it down, it won't be too difficult now to, to find a guide that says get your legendary weapon pick these traceries and chuck all your points onto these tra traceries so they just increase in in strength and that's it it's a no-brainer but again i come back to the thing that you referenced it's amazing that this game has so many arcane and esoteric systems and there is nothing in the game that explains how they work you have to tab out of the game and that infuriates me Elder Scrolls has done really well about bringing that information into the game. You can start leveling a character in Elder Scrolls online, and it will say, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a Magicka this class, or do you want to be a Stamina this class? He's, here are the suggested skills. Here's the suggestion of where you put your points. You don't have to do it this way. But at least they're giving you a fighting chance and not telling you to, you know, to leave the game and go and read for 20 minutes elsewhere, which I think is such a staggeringly daft thing to do. When, you, when you've got someone in the game and they're eager and the first thing you say to them is, go and do your homework. Final Fantasy XIV did a good job of that too because as you're progressing through the game and you're unlocking more and more of these things, they would have a quest. A quest giver would pop up at some point and you would take the quest and it would explain the new system to you. It would kind of run you through it for the first... You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it, you know, I, I was... A total noob in that game and I was able to pick it up pretty quickly 
I will say this. Had I not had the past 12 years of experience in Lotro that I have, I think I might have quit in frustration already. Um, the only reason I'm getting through it as easy as I am is because I have this experience with all of these arcane systems. If I didn't, I would just be frustrated to no end. Like, it's crazy complicated, really, when you think about it. It's just, why are they doing that? And by the way, try to find good information about the game now. Not so easy. Now, you can still turn up information and you think, oh, this looks useful. And then you get halfway through reading it or watching the video and then you suddenly see the date associated with it and it's like three or four years old. And you think, well, that's no good then. Exactly. They, they've uh, To their credit, they've changed things. I can see how the game is better because of some of the things that they've done. I'm Obviously, I'm excited about it. And, you know, looking forward to it, but I'm still scratching my head at, like, why don't you explain anything? <laughs> like, please explain something. But I guess that's part of playing this game. You mentioned earlier things like the Brawler class, which is locked behind an expansion. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had situations in recent expansions where standing stand games add a new class or a new race you know because we had the high elves and then we had the stout axed dwarves etc and this brings me to a growing concern of mine you know i am pleased that lotro is still alive and kicking after 15 years a couple of years ago when eg7 took over ownership of daybreak games and we then found out that Daybreak didn't just publish Lotro, they bankrolled it. Anyway, EG7 were far more forthcoming with information and data. And then we, we discovered, that, much to a lot of people's surprise, the Lotro community is not humongous by any means. But there is a solid community there that supports the game regularly, spends money in the game. So it's got most certainly what I would call a stable population. So that is good news, but when you start looking back and you start looking at a, a list of expansions, like for example, for doing some show notes, I'm on the Lotro wiki and it shows you every single update and then every single expansion and you start seeing a pattern, new zone, five levels. 10 levels extra onto the cap, new reputation factions, new gear to get. And then you later on get new raid cluster associated with the new expansion, new high-end gear. So you go away, do all that, finish it, get everything, get all the best gear, trot around with your new emotes and your new cosmetic pets. And then a year sometimes less than a year something else gets released that instantly invalidates everything you've got yeah. and it's back on the, you know the conveyor belt again now it's fun but then you start thinking well when did they actually add something really different something new and you can argue well they added missions and then you start thinking well are missions really something that new, or is it just, again, just a permutation of more of the same? It's 
just a variation on a theme. And that is my concern. You have a development team that seem to be able to move the game forward, but the, the game's very much on rails, and it's, and it's ultimately not going to be taking any radical changes of direction. Do you, do you know what I mean? I, I'm concerned yeah. that there will come a point, and it depends on the player, and it depends on what the player wants, but there comes a point when people just say, I'm, I'm bored of this, because I don't have goals to work for or work towards, or a new system to master, or something that's come completely left field and that's radical and different and that's got a hold on me and I want to pursue that. And because of that very thing, you get uh, episodes of the CMP podcast like this one with me coming back yet again. Yeah. Because that's what keeps happening to me. I I have long-term goals but then I start to see through the system at some point and I get bored and I move on to a different game. By the way, I do this in every game, not just this one. Because every MMO that I've ever played, I believe, is broadly the same way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When they bring out new content, most of the time, if you're at level cap, it invalidates the old content because you have to level up more. And you're going to need new gear or or at least raise stats or something, don't you? So I think War Steeds was a new thing that they tried. Uh, don't know that that went very well. No, I mean, War but, Steeds was linked to mounted combat, and it yep. didn't go over particularly well. They stopped doing it after two expansions. Yeah, it was. it reminded me of Star Trek Online. You, I just rode in a circle around things and hit buttons, and they eventually died. Yes. That's exactly what that was. Um, I do like that those mounts are very fast, though. So mm-hmm. they're faster than the ones you ride. Uh, a little harder to control, but uh, I am looking forward maybe to training one up and just to have it to run around in the world because it gets you around quite quickly if you set it up right. But yeah, I, I'm i worried that I'm you know I'm going to lose interest at some point. Is I'm hoping to hit level cap before that happens. Because one of the things I was doing on the other character that I have is I was making sure that I hit the level cap every expansion until, you know, three years ago, right? Um, And actually a little bit before that, because I I was only level 105 on my most advanced character. So I'm I'm a little behind. But my concern is if the player base isn't growing, then it's either stable or shrinking. And if it's stable, that's great. But the, then the only way to grow the money is to ask for more money, which they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And if the population is shrinking, then there's some point of diminishing returns where they can't make enough money. And is that going to happen? And what happens when it does? Or if it does? You know, maybe this new Ring of Power miniseries on Amazon and I'm guessing they're banking on this, might generate a lot of interest in Lord of the Rings again. You Um, would think it would. I would like to see SSG, if they can, or their corporate owners, to to approach the rights holders and see if they can actually tie something a little bit more tangible into the game. That would be wonderful. Because they had some... What was it now? Some skirmishes that took place 
in places like Dale that were very half-heartedly trying to allude to, oh, it's in Dale, and that took place in The Hobbit, and there's a Hobbit movie out, you know, so many years ago. But it was... It wasn't a serious piece of uh, marketing in any way. And Lotro leaves in in its wake, as it were, so many abandoned game systems. Epic battles. They didn't work out, so they've just been sidelined. Mounted combat didn't quite go down that as well as they hoped it would, so it got sidelined. Skirmishes. I loved them. They got sidelined. Fellowship manoeuvres. Do you remember fellowship manoeuvres? Yes, I do. Yeah. Back in the days when people used to play as a group because quite a lot of the content couldn't be done, if you had a group a group of players, sometimes when you hit mobs in certain ways, you would get a power-up, a team-based power-up um, in, invoked, and you would have quickly a few seconds to, to click on specific icons, and if... If you all contributed the right icons in the right pattern, it would release a buff or a debuff or it would heal the group or it would increase your DPS temporarily. Sometimes you'd be involved in fights where if you didn't do the fellowship maneuvers properly, you could really hobble yourself. But they just they threw that under the bus because the people wanted to play in a more solo-friendly fashion. And, and so... Fellowship manoeuvres just got completely sort of sent to the, sit on the, the sidelines and sit on a naughty step. And it, it's just frustrating. So much good stuff in Lotro. I keep earning destiny points. Destiny points indeed. I don't. There might have been a quest that you accepted and then the, they just basically said you have destiny points to do something with somewhere. I don't remember it, but I know that I keep earning them. I know where they are just because I've played the game before. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I would have no idea what these 200 points every level were for. And by the way, I haven't spent a single one because who cares? They are really stingy with rested XP, by the way. Holy crap. That You used to get like a level and a half worth just sitting there. Now you get like, what, 20% of a level is the max? you can ever have at one time yeah oh my god well there's a reason for that if you want to unlock more xp there's a store-based alternative for you i think that is the issue isn't it some of these systems have been sidelined because why give people uh, an alternative that they can earn by playing the game when you can give them an alternative that is convenient in inverted commas that can be paid for true they're pretty good, though. I'll tell you what I've noticed is, because I'm starting from scratch, I'm earning a fair number of store points. Yes. Just by playing the game. you get It's five or ten at a time. It's not, it's not going to pay for a new expansion. But I could have unlocked writing with that, because writing is pretty cheap in the store. I think I could have unlocked the wallet thing. So there's... There's some kind of low-hanging fruit that they've set up. And it looks like just by doing the deeds and, and some of these things that I'm doing, I, I, I haven't added it up, but it's probably a few hundred points at this point, uh, level 40. And that's 
I think enough to get you a couple or three nice little booze from the store, and that's not so bad. That has always been quite a good thing, and they haven't attempted to nerf that in any way, shape, or form. So you can generate a, a, a tidy sum as you go along, and then there are some dedicated players who just roll new alts to generate Lotro points just to feed other higher-level alts. Before I forget, they have this collections tab now. Yes. And I never realized, or I don't know when this started, how many cosmetic pets there are in the game. Oh, yes. Like companion pets or something. And I got one from a Haba present. I got a funky-looking Christmas tree he-worn thing. <laughs> and that's the only one I have, by the way, in the entire game. I ended up with like five different mounts just because I've bought the fancy expansion packs in the past. Yeah. By the way, every, t every time I roll a new character, I don't know about you, in the game, I always have like 15 different boxes to open right away with all this great stuff in it. Portraits and horses and just all this crap. It's kind of fun. But yeah, I, I just, I'm shocked at how many pets there are out there to earn. And I'm kind of like, Maybe I want to earn some of those, right? Like, I need to figure out where all of those are because I don't remember ever seeing any of those available anywhere. A lot of them are festival-related. Okay. Okay, I was looking in the store. Apparently, you can get a stable master for your house? Yes. Wow! That's new. They've seen Elder Scrolls online and the fact that people want to have all their mounts in the stable and that sort of thing. They're getting quite canny. They're, they're certainly learning old SSG about what other games can do. Um, I've got a banker in my house. So, really? Yes. So as soon as you go into your house, you've got your, your storage chests and then standing right next to the storage chest, I've got a banker so I can access my vault. My vault the shared storage, the cosmetic wardrobe, it very, very beneficial. I think as a VIP, if I keep going to these vendors in the world, I get this item that doesn't last very long, but it lets you do all that. Yes. And I, get, I can get my mail anywhere. I forgot about that. I was running to a mailbox and had to find one, and I realized, yeah, when I have mail, I could just get to open the mail. Circling back to the point I was making earlier, you know, it's nice to see Lotro after 15 years still putting out content, still putting out very, very strong stories that explore the lore very, very well. The people that write these things seem to be very well versed in the whole of the sort of um, Tolkien legendarium. But it does, after a while, or I find the case, you get a new expansion. You play through the content, you get the new gear. I am now at a point with Gundabad where I just want to finish the main story. I will, I've done two-thirds of the sub-regional quests, but I don't know if I forgot the stamina to do every single quest that's in that expansion right this moment in time. So I want to just follow the storyline, see how the storyline pans out, and then once I hit that... It's a question of, okay, do I go back to the new brawler that I rolled recently that's about level 20 at the moment? Or will my interest 
in Lotro then be put on hold and I go away for a couple of months and then come back when they release some more content and I've got enough content to keep me busy to play through another month because I always seem to have a couple of months on and a couple of months off. And during those couple of months off, I will then go and play something like Elder Scrolls because they will have, they've got plenty of stuff for me to catch up on. Yeah, or you could join me in uh, the Old Republic. It did cross my mind. Although I have to say, so I, I did download that last week after we talked about it after the show. Um, I have not logged in yet at all. I had to get my, I had to recover my account because I had the uh, two-factor authentication attached to it. <laughs> and apparently when I switched phones and stuff, it, it had turned off. Anyway, got, got all that sorted and completely downloaded the whole game and... I was just reading around about it, and if you don't subscribe, you're screwed in that game. Mm. So that's what's keeping me. I, I'm, I'm like, why even log in knowing that I'm going to hit this cap and this cap, and I won't have they, they give you the first two expansions for free now, but the, the, the other three you have to be a subscriber to access. And I'm just like, yeah, some other time. Uh, my long-term goals in Lotro... Uh, I have some grandiose plans of kind of wanting to do everything again, like get all the max reputation. I mean, that's a grind, right? Like, yeah, like that, that's very long term. I may abandon all of that. I think I just want to see all of the story, and I'm particularly excited to see the story that they've started on after Mordor, and mm -hmm. see see the direction that they've gone. I, I know. You know Nothing about it. That's the way I. You know what I mean? Like I just know that they're exploring other things, and that kind of intrigues me. Um, and I will probably do the same thing whenever I get level cap. After I have consumed the story, I will probably step away for a little bit um, and let those batteries recharge and end up doing something else for a while. But we're always back. Always back to Lotro. It does exercise this sort of hold over you, doesn't it? Yep. It, it feels like home. Yes, once you've spent some time in that game, it, it's, it's very difficult to break the habit. It is, as you said right at the beginning of the podcast, it's just, there's just something about their, in, their vision of a virtual Middle Earth that is very 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 compelling and it's enjoyable just to spend some time in that world and there's a certain amount of comfort isn't there within familiarity it is like putting on a comfortable pair of shoes and going walking around a trail that you know very very well yes say it is one of the few games that whenever i play it I get a smile on my face just about every play session and often many, many times. And I cannot say that about every other game I've ever played. Well, that wraps up episode 184 of the Contains Moderate Peril podcast. 
The Lord of the Rings Online is a subject that we always enjoy talking about, and no doubt we will return to it in the future. We will be back in a week's time with a new episode of the podcast. Until then, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. You've been listening to Contains Moderate Peril. For more information, visit ContainsModeratePeril.com and follow us on Twitter at Moderate Peril.